think I'm about the paths you take How will you leave your mark Where will you finish Or did you even start Don't just exist living In mass confusion Do nothings perpetuate the problems We need solutions Flowers bloom Worldwide they spread the beauty So open your petals This is your duty So to one and all realize We all are kings and queens So stand for something Or you'll fall for anything Oh where are you going my friend What will be said of you When it's come to an end Will you do something positive Or never do a good thing Think about it Where are you going Where are you going, my friend? What will be said of you when it's come to an end? Will you do something positive or never do a good thing? Think about it. Where are you going? Stop. Evaluate what you have made of your life. You have to do it right. For these are the times that try men. This is Phil Bussey. It's the Nonprofit Hour. That was Me, Fi, Me, which is a, a, a great song selection from our guest, Fred Stewart, who is a candidate for city council. I, that, that's like your, that should be like your hail to the chief that you have uh, play out every time you enter a room. That is my favorite song. And uh, I put in my will that uh, if I should pass before my family does, I want uh, that song to be played at my funeral. <laughs> uh, Fred, thanks for joining us in the studio today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you... You're, you're you're running for city council. This is not your first time running for office. No, it's not. It's my third time running for office. If you don't count the time that I threw my name in the hat to be appointed to be a state senator. Yeah, so you you uh, rolling back uh, 20 years, more than 20 years. 20 years, now. yeah, tw- uh, 24 years. So you jumped in against uh, Margaret Carter. Yep, in 92. For a state senator. No, state rep. She state, wasn't sta- a senator yet. Okay. Yeah. And then ran against uh, Nick Fish for city council. I ran against Nick Fish for city council. That was an open seat, member because Eric's didn't step down. Right, right. Yeah. And now you are jumping in uh, for city council again. Correct. And I came in third. Limit Week likes to keep saying that I came in fourth and didn't get any votes and all this other stuff. But I came in third. For the Nick Fish. For the and, Nick Fish and, run. Uh, Nick Fish was running against who was second? Nobody. It was an open seat. Uh, it was uh, Nick Fish, Jim Madaw. I came in third. Um, I think... Um, Ed Guerin came in next, and uh, uh, Harold Williamson too. Well, and so, why why do you keep doing this? Well, there's two reasons why I keep doing it. One, I know I would be a better city commissioner than anybody on the city council. Period. Um, and we need good leadership, and we need people who are dedicated to Portland on city council. Um, with the exception of of uh, of, of Saltzman. I don't think anybody on city council really wants to be there, um, not as far as to do the work. Um, either they're looking at running for office for another higher seat, like a federal job, like the guy that I'm running against, Steve Novick. Um, Steve Novick absolutely doesn't want this job. He uh, is just staying here to, keep, to protect his name familiarity so that uh, either he gets the minerals in two years to run against uh, uh, Earl Blumenauer or he's hoping one of these old guys die for him. But uh, he doesn't want the job. I want the job, and that makes a, me a completely different individual than anybody on there. And and uh, let's talk about why you want the job. And again, this is nonprofit hour. We talk about a lot of uh, public issues, affordability, mm-hmm. and and uh, environmental issues. But 
What are you hoping to roll up your sleeves and, and dig into? Well, first off, I think my entire life I've been a public servant. Even though I've run a real estate company most of the last 27 years, um, or bar most of the last 27 years, I um, have always run things in, in, the, in the goal of improving the neighborhood. Even the time I bought a bar, I bought a bar to get rid of a strip club. You know, that was the only way I could get the strip club out of the neighborhood was to buy it. So, you know, and that wasn't a good business decision, by the way. But um, I look back at my life, and I think that's kind of what um, is the heart of everything that I've done. I want to make the neighborhood better for my community, for my family, for my friends. And uh, I want something uh, one day from that my daughter may be proud of. And that's kind of how I live my life. Now, why do I want to run right now? Um, like I said, my, the people I'm running against don't want to be there. Um, in general, there's a lack of public servant uh, attitude toward uh, the work of, of, of city council. That starts at the city council level, at the top, and it goes all the way through. I'm not saying that uh, your average um, employee at the, at, at the city doesn't have a spirit of, of, of uh of public service, but it's really hard to have that every day when your bosses don't have it, when the decisions that, that are being made don't reflect the values of the city that you work for, of the people that you work for. You know, I'm a perfect example of why this city is great. You know, I'm a 51-year-old black man um, in Portland living in a mostly white city, and I think anybody who's looked at my, my uh, life over the last 27 years, hell, the last 40 years, would say that I've been able to contribute, I've been able to um, engage and learn, and I've been able to do things that uh, a guy like me couldn't have done the day I was born. And that just shows the progressive, the forward progressiveness of this city. And that is something that is not reflected in our city council. Let's 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 take a little bit to a little while just to dig into some of that a bit. So you you grew up here in Portland. Yes, I moved here. I was an army brat the first 11 years of my life. So I've lived all over the country, and I lived in Europe for a little bit, you know, uh, when I was a child. And uh, my mother moved us here um, and uh, made this our hometown. Uh, my grandfather had been living here since 1935. So, you know, it wasn't like we came here to a bunch of strangers. You know, we had uh, some uh, connections here. And, and, and obviously, I mean, people talk a lot about how the city's been changing the last five years, but even more dramatically over the last 40 years. And, and mm -hmm. so you, you've watched it, you've witnessed it. Uh, what, 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 is, what has been preserved that is good, and what do you most miss about what was here in Portland 40 years ago? What's been preserved is something you really can't see, you can only feel, and that's the progressive spirit, that things can always be made better, for, not just for an in individual, but for everybody. You know, um, I moved here on the 16th of August of 1976, and for the first four hours I was in Portland, my grandfather was driving us around and giving us a tour. And then that following weekend, we literally went on a walk all through downtown Portland. You know, so I got a lot of memories of what the city looked like in 1976. Well, it was just a year earlier they had just approved the, uh, was it the uh, Portland plan? And uh, if you look at the old Portland plan, it was all to make the communities, not just a, a community, the communities better function better, of course, bring in density uh, so that there would be more jobs in the inner core. And that was even done mostly for a lot of people for environmental reasons and livability reasons. It wasn't done just for financial reasons. And, um, you know, I can remember all of this stuff growing up and hearing 
uh, you know, our, what I would call now our elders, you know, the adults at the time, talk about what they expected you know, in the future for their city. So, yes, I don't look at just the changes of the last five years. I look at the changes from the time I first moved here, changes that were predicted by a lot of people. <laughs> you know, it wasn't like this isn't, isn't a surprise, I think, to most people who grew up here. I think what's a surprise is how aggressive it is. I mean, this is a this is a monster. And and I mean, in a lot of the changes that that uh, is talked about, especially uh, in North Portland, where our recording studio is and and are the is the loss and the displacement of a lot of the black community and and. How much of that is, do you feel like is the fault of city council and or, and or how much could have city council done 10, 15 years ago too? No, this is a very broad question. First <laughs> off, I, w- I will say this. Our city does horribly when it comes to planning for affordable housing um, and small businesses. It's horrible. It's absolutely atrocious. And because of that, it is very easy for people in, all, in, in, in the lower economic ranges uh, to be displaced, period, whether you're black or white. Uh, you know, people keep talking about the displacement of black people in Portland. We have to understand that I went to high school at, at in Clinton, not Clinton, but at, at Cleveland High School and in, uh, at Washington High School before that. So those white people in the Buckman area back then and in the Clinton area back in the day, they were about equal financially with the people over here in Northeast Portland. And so I tell people, um, what are we going to do about the displaced white people in Buckman and the displaced white people in Clinton? This is not a racial um, overthrow. If you want to get into racial overthrows, we've had those in Portland. We've had three significant ones. This is not one of them. This is an economic turnover. And it's affecting white people even more than blacks, but it's affecting everybody. I say every household that grosses, to a degree, it's affecting every household that grosses under 100000 a year, which makes it a very unique um, economic uh, turnover. Um, I mean, the, the, a, a household of $100,000 would be considered a fairly successful financially uh, in most markets uh, household. In this market, if they're renting, they're not so successful. If they own, they're probably doing okay. And 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 in terms of the context of this discussion, is there something you as a city council member uh, immediately would want to do or long range would want to put in to, to affect that affordability or to, to help out? Well, first off, the city has got to start planning for all stages of the economic chain. You know, we, we're going to have very rich people in this town. We're going to... It's happening, you know. We got to plan for the middle class, and we got to plan for the for the for affordable housing, and we also have to make sure we have uh, trans- transitional housing. You know, transitional housing, uh, you know, is kind of like a, a lot of people these days don't understand what that is, uh, or they think they know what it is. You remember that song by the Village People, YMCA? Of course. Okay, you remember what he talked about? You know, if a guy needed a place to stay and a place to shower. He could he could go. We don't have very many places like that in Portland. So if something happens and uh, you lose your job, you break up with your girlfriend, you lose your place to live, whatever, there's really no way for a person who's fallen down in that area to get back up unless they can find somebody to you know couch surf or they got the money to 
to you know find a place really quick when in a market like this is very difficult. Um, we need more transitional housing. Another thing we need um, is the city has to be more direct in that it has to start investing in, in land banking. The city has an absolute responsibility to, uh, and this is going to force them to start planning for lower income people, to articulate affordable housing zones where they're going to own real estate. And they're going to partner up with uh, nonprofits, you know, out there, like my favorite one, Reach. But there are, other, there are others. And uh, in the future, um, develop affordable housing opportunities. And, uh, you know, I, t- I tell people the city does great for, for planning for higher middle class and flat-out wealthy people. It does an outstanding job. If I was filthy rich... Portland would be the place I'd move to no matter what city I lived in this country. But, you know, if you are a person that's making 50 grand a year or less, your wife is making 50 grand a year or less, uh, you know, I should say your spouse uh, is making 50 grand a year or less, and you don't own your home, your city is not planning for you at all, period. Um, They're planning for your bosses, but they're not planning for you. Fred Stewart is a candidate for city council, and we are talking with him on the Nonprofit Hour here. Let's, uh, Fred, my history of city council goes, I, I know about the last 30 years of it. Has there ever been a black man that served on city council? There has been two. Okay. Uh, the last one was, uh, um, was uh, actually, I worked on that campaign. Uh, Charlie Hales defeated Dick Bogle um, in the primary in 1992. Before then, we had Charles Jordan. Um, other than that, we've never had... Um, well, we if we had a black person on city council, he look he or she looked white. <laughs> but the, those are the only two obvious black candidates we've ever had. And and uh, this is a difficult question, perhaps to answer. But how significant is that to your campaign? You know, um, I it's, it, it does come up. I hope it's not as significant as people feel I can do the job and want to do the job. That's what I hope. Um, I hope that we've progressed to that. I do know there's an issue with uh, inclusiveness. Our city commissioners do not have um, a, a good relationships with black people outside of the Rolodex Negroes that they've been able to develop over the years. You know, um, they've got, they all got their favorite. Well, I don't think Steve has got a favorite no, Rolodex Negro. We're, we were talking about that the other day. He really, he doesn't think he needs to develop one because he's handicapped. So he probably feels, hey, I'm a minority enough. I don't need a black person. <laughs> but uh, the other people really, they don't really, they're not really in, ingrained um, in the black community as much as I wish they would. Uh, we've had city commissioners do, go there. And it was it's always worked out great for us. Um, you know, great for the city. When I say us, I'm not talking about just for black people. Um, a lot of misunderstandings, a lot of things can get done if you've got somebody who can who can reach out, um, you know, like that. And we've had that before. We don't have that today. So when you hear me talk about these white people not being inclusive, it's a little bit of being disappointed. And it's also understanding um, we've been inclusive before. You know what I mean? And we just don't have it today. It's like something we you're used to having and then you don't have any more. Let's talk about uh, if, if you're elected, uh, top three bureaus you'd want to be in charge of. Well, there's three bureaus that I'd love to. One, I want to create a new bureau. I want to bring back the Portland Youth Bureau. The city of Portland used to have a youth bureau four years ago. And they would invest in children as far as things that, for children to do after school. You know, back when we were kids, they called them latchkey kids. 
And, um, you know, I look at a lot of changes that the city made when it started not investing in children. And everything went up, you know, for white people, white people started hurting themselves more. When I say hurting themselves more, they started dropping out of school more. They started having more babies. They started doing all the negative stuff. On the black side of things, we started hurting other people more. Our gangs came in, you know, a lot of negative, a lot of the positiveness that we had in the black community 40 and 50 years ago left. And I think that's because of uh, we've not invested in our young people at the level that we should. You know, we are a hardworking town. And, you know, after school, you know, every educator I've talked to, everybody who works with kids tells me three to six for white people, three to eight in general are very dangerous times of the day because kids don't, they're usually not around their parents. You know, they, they were left to their own devices. And uh, I think the city of Portland needs to step into that. Uh, you know, there's resources that the city used to have 40 years ago, 50 years ago that they just stopped investing. Um, I want kids to have some place to go that they can learn new things, that they can invest in new things as far as their time and, learn, and, and uh, you know, um, I want to start addressing um, problems with children before they become critical. Um, I also want the Portland Police Bureau because I don't think the city council has run the Portland Police Bureau well um, over the last 30 years. And I think it's unfair to the cops and I think it's definitely unfair to the city. Definitely. Um, I definitely uh, um, feel that I can run the, the, the cops a lot better. I want BOAC. Uh, that's the emergency uh, part of the city uh, because I want to imp improve that. And I also want to be uh, the leader in getting the city ready for an earthquake that I'm sure, I mean, I'm 51, and I feel if I live another 20 years on this planet, I feel I'm, I'm probably along with you and everybody else going to be here for it. So I want the city to get more directly involved in that. And then, you know, even though I may not have the bureaus, you know, I know I'm going to have influence on everything in the city. And, uh, you know, I definitely want to have, you know, influence on, on things when it comes to development and our relationships with businesses. And, and I also want to have influence on housing and the development of housing and how we plan for housing in the future. So um, I'm, if I get on city council, and I hope everybody votes for me, I'm going to be a very active city commissioner. Um, I'm walking away from a job I've worked over 25 years to get to where I'm at. And where I'm at right now, I'm a real estate broker, and I'm selling houses between $400,000 and $1 million. You know, that's not bad. You know, that's more than minimum wage for sure. I'm walking away from uh, a career that I've worked 25 years to develop to this point because I feel what's best for the community and best for me is to go into public service. And... and um Let's, we're going to return to that point in just a second. This is your third campaign, third really full campaign that, you, that you've run. What are you doing differently this time? I mean, I, I assume that there are some mistakes you can look back onto or things that you wish you had done better on previous campaigns. How are you running this one differently? Well, this one's a little bit better organized. Um, you know, I'm raising money. I'm, um, I'm treating it like a regular campaign, and that's what I think I did wrong in the, in the past is even though I was campaigning, I don't think I was I, I don't think I was going through the interview process like I should and let people know uh, what my visions are and let people know that I'm a person that they can engage with and most importantly, um, a person that is sincere. You know, I'm not running for office because I want to be a senator or a congressman one day. 
Um, there's only two jobs I ever plan on having and one I'm doing right now. One is a real estate broker. I absolutely have an insatiable appetite to sell houses, not just because of the money. I just love doing it. The other one is to be a city commissioner. And I have an absolute insatiable appetite to improve my community. And I think they both go hand in hand. And um, so I'm showing that and I'm sharing that more with people. Uh, the next thing I'm doing, I'm, I'm going out and meeting more people. I'm doing house parties. So the first two times I ran for office, I really didn't do house parties. So we're out almost every day meeting with people. And, uh, you know, I get to learn about a lot of what, what, what people feel about their city. And I get to share what I want to do for the city. So you can say I'm treating this a little different, and the feedback has been incredible. So how how are things going with with Steve Novick? I mean, you're you're obviously you you have supported him in the past, absolutely. And and now it seems as if part of the uh, you have some personal catalysts that is pushing in and and strong desires that are pushing your campaign, but you're also you are running specifically against Steve Novick. Yes, I picked Steve Novick to run against simply because he's a bully. I absolutely hated how he approached the people of Portland in 2013, 2014. He actually became nice after he heard I was going to run against him. You know, uh, it's amazing what happened. Uh, you know, he was actually a bully and a brute until uh, July of last year when he heard that he, he had at least one person going to run against him. Um, but no, uh, Steve Novick doesn't want this job. And it breaks my heart because I think Steve Novick is a very smart guy. Um, I... Uh, I, I I, I, I voted for him in 2008 and 2012. 2008 for Senate, 2012 for City Council. And uh, I expected a lot more out of Steve in 2012. I expected him to show more progressive minerals than he has. The guy has shown absolutely no progressive minerals whatsoever. Um, his war on the poor, his war on business doesn't make sense. It's nonsensical. But I don't know. Uh, I figure somebody poor has pissed him off, and some small business person has pissed him off, so he's coming in two-fisted. Um, the street fee uh, was a horrible idea, but what was even worse was how he introduced it to the city and how he led it through the city. I've never seen any city commissioner treat the people of Portland that bad. I mean, we've had bullies on city council before. They're no angels. But we've never had anybody like a Steve. Un unpack that a little bit more about the street fee. How do you feel like uh, it? Sh how do you think it should have been introduced, or or at least the the? Uh... It should have been introduced at all. Um, Steve Novick is wasting t millions of dollars of money in poor poor pr uh, positional as far as priority planning for for PDOT. It's absolutely atrocious. If he put more time into being a leader for that bureau. Um, he would be able to do more with what he's got. And then even if we do need more money, there would be specific projects he could commit to that are absolutely going to be done, um, which is something that he's not doing today. It's kind of like, I need this money. Well, why do you need it? Well, we need this. We need that. Every joint appearance I've had with Steve, he's thrown in another project that he says this you know, this, this tax, now he's going for a, a gas tax, we'll pay for but he can't give anybody a document committing to what exact projects are going to be uh, addressed if you give him more money. Uh, bottom line, th their shortfall comes from poor management, poor leadership. And that's poor management, poor leadership under his direction. Fred, we're going we're gonna to take this out here, but because this is the nonprofit hour, let, uh, could you name off three nonprofits that, you know, your favorites or ones that you feel like are really important 
uh, to you. You've already mentioned Reach. Yep, I've always liked Reach. Um, I've never let the, let the community down. PCRI is another one I've always had a lot of respect for, um, an incredible amount of respect for. Um, and then the third one, I don't know if it's around anymore because um, I haven't heard anything about them in a long time with the Saban Community Association. They, that one I always liked, but I haven't heard from them in, in years. I mean, there's other nonprofits out there too, but I look for ones that I, I can – I'm a real estate man. I like things tangible, changing, you know what I mean? I like to put my hand on the, on the change, and these are organizations that have done that, especially REACH. I mean, REACH and PCRI. I tell people if REACH and PCRI had not succeeded at the level that they, that they have, we would have uh, many more people living on the street. Uh, that we do today. So I, I can never say too much about PCRI or REACH. Fred Stewart is a candidate for city council. Uh, you can find out more information, Fred, at your website, which is? FredStewart.com. And thank you so much for the work that you've done for the city and the work that you're hoping to do. How about one more song to take us out? Um, for us. Um, Nine Inch Nails, All the Love in the World. All right. Yep. Excellent. 